Hi, this is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. We're Sober Sisters Talk, and we are Sober Sisters Talk Live, because we do this live. (laughs) Although by the time you hear it, it's going to be recorded. Right. So we should qualify that. Right, right. But so, you know, this has become like a regular meeting for us. Um, I, I work all day, and I know MG works all day. And then we meet on Friday afternoons and we record. And um, it's kind of like our our um, our own way of processing our week as well. Like, so what are we going to talk about today? You know, and we just did this process right before we turned the recording on. And um, MG said... I wanted to talk about self-care. What What is self-care? People, you know, throw that out. What does that mean? And then Elizabeth had a fantastic suggestion. So I was listening. I told her... Because it... For me, this is self-care, you know. Um, So I was listening to the radio this morning, and that new Winnie the Pooh movie is coming out, and I love Winnie the Pooh. It's the story about A.A. Milne, the guy who wrote it, and his relationship with the the bear, and um, he's actually Christopher Robin in in this story. That's the premise of this new movie. And Winnie the Pooh says, I have always believed that in order to get where I want to go, I have to leave where I am behind. So it's like you got to walk away from whatever you're, wherever you are, in order to get where you want to go. Yeah. And you mentioned something encouraged to change, right? You saw something similar, and what was that? There's a, it's somewhere in August. I think it's August 11th, but I'm not sure. Encouraged to change. That is a sort of devotional type guide. Um, it, I, I believe it's a Hazelden publication i'm not sure i don't have one in front of me but i don't know i think it's conference approved literature for al-anon so i don't think it's a it's not hazelton i'm not sure anyway, we're not sure we're not sure but anyway i got it i don't know it's an al-anon guide called a courage to change and it's like a daily you read Devotional. every day yeah. you read something and then you kind of meditate on it and this one day in august it says um it's about gratitude and it the instructions are the story is like you can't stand there with your hands full and ask God to fill it. You have to stand there with your hands empty. You know, and it's the same premise. You have to leave behind whatever it is that you don't want. And I, also the phrase that comes to mind is the universe hates a vacuum. So if you have a vacuum in your life, the universe is going to fill it with something. And so, you know, we've always heard about, like, I've heard about this concept of, of making space uh, you know, to allow things to happen. And what that means is, is if you want some new furniture, you know, get rid of your old furniture. And then there you've got that vacuum, and the universe is like, oh, we, we, we don't like that. We're going to need to fill we that. We have to fill it. And so I feel like if I want to manifest something quickly, and there's something that I have that I don't like, if I clean that out, then I'm going to allow for more in. So just like in my little house here, I didn't have very much when I moved back. I moved back like it's almost two years. Is it? In August. In August. August 10th. I remember I it was it really was. hot when you came back. It was so hot. Because you helped me go out and get that um, table Furniture. with Bridget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's hot as hell. And I was like hoping my brother's truck wouldn't break down. <laughs> like, All the time. All the time. And, uh, but, you know, I didn't have a lot of stuff and, you know, now I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got so much crap I need to get rid of. It's so funny in two years how much I've accrued because I haven't had a lot. 
and people have been like, oh, do you need dishes? Oh, do you need silverware? Here, have this, have that. And then I've gone to places and found great bargains. So it's like, here it is. I have all this stuff. So, but in terms of like what we want in terms of recovery, and I think we talked a little bit about last week when I was talking about coping mechanisms and how I said I was a born people pleaser and you know someone said no that's incorrect that was just a coping mechanism that you use so in order for me to get rid of or in order for me to be more have more agency in my life and not be a people pleaser what do I need to get rid of so for me I had to get rid of like a lot of the limiting thoughts that you and I talked about previously that I have to um, do an inventory and I have to look at these things that no longer serve me in fact cause me distress and block block they block you from getting what you want so you know I and I think like I think you know the limiting beliefs is a huge part of it for me as well and I have to be willing to let those beliefs go that you know like <laughs> oh my god what if I don't have enough I have to be able to let that go and yeah. know that I will always have enough, that I'm always provided for, I always have been provided for, I've always been able to provide for myself and more. Um, one of the uh, things I'm working on in um, my Saturday group is, is prosperity. And um, we have these things that we write 25 times a day. And so the one last week, I, don't, I can't remember it specifically, but the one that we're working on this week, I accept prosperity as my divine right. Ooh. And you write it 25 times a day. Ooh. And while you're writing it, it becomes sort of a meditation. And I find like, you know, I accept intelligence. I accept a lean body. I accept, you know, there's all, and I start thinking of other people like, oh, so-and-so could use this in this way. You know, like I accept ease as my divine right. And so-and-so could use it. I accept favor, you know. I accept favor as my divine right. Having favor of the universe. Having favor. When you ask for things, it's given to you. But the thing is, is what happens is, is that our old beliefs serve us. Correct. And if you're not aware of it, if you don't know, that is bullshit. That came from somewhere. And you're just operating from default. That limiting belief is like it's your default and it will come up over and over and over again until you go like I don't more well I feel like that was one of the biggest things that I loved about sex and love addicts when I first got into it sex and love addicts anonymous uh, was this concept of monitoring your thoughts like what are you thinking what's going on in your head and it wasn't just about after a while after the qualifier because you know I was able to eliminate those thoughts but what I began to do was to think about what I was thinking before I took an action and to think about like that action for example like I was in rehearsal last night and I'm not the director I'm not on the technical team <laughs> Let me just, just caveat just right qualify there. Right Let there. Me just qualify right there. Qualify right there. And then I saw an opportunity that there could have been something different in the rehearsal. And so I thought, oh, that's what needs to happen. And I saw myself getting up and going into action and doing this. And I'm like, stop it, Melody. Did anyone ask you to help? You know, let the direct let it let it be. Just let it be. 
this isn't my show. You know, you've got your own stuff, but I'm, you know, I've got everything that I'm supposed to be in control of good. Everything's down. I've learned my lines. I know my blocking. I'm like good. So I feel like, you know, this generative, you know, it, it comes from a place Plus of... Plus you, it's knowledge. You know it. And right. So you're able right. to be, look up and watch all the yeah. players. And, and I thought and that like, that would oh, help yes. this actor uh-huh. if this thing were in place for them. And, but I just, but I had the thought and I thought about the thought and I was able to not take an action. And it was the right choice, right? Because, you know, whatever. You know, they're not, I'm not running the show. They didn't come over and say, hey, um, MG, what do you think? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they're not, they're not asking. They're not doing that. And it's going to be okay, however it right. is. And so I just have to trust in the process and not get in there because that's one of my character defects is wanting to assert myself into a situation because of my family of origin stuff of like being, you know, left behind ignored. or being ignored and not being, you know, a part of. It's like... I can be resourceful and I can be of use. I want to show you what I know. Yeah, yeah, look at me. And so I was able to stop that. But kudos to you for noticing it, noticing the thought and stopping it. You know, that's huge when you can do that. Stopping the behavior. And that's very, very advanced self-care. Well, and that's about it doesn't serve me any longer. And it's walking away from, you know, (sighs) you're leaving this space of like, I know the answer (laughs) <laughs> and I've done that before myself and and walking away from it to a place where yeah and what I had to say to myself is you're okay melody they're okay everybody's okay nobody's in trauma or whatever because from my childhood I was always like you know oh my god what oh my god you know what's I, I've got to you know go into action around it so I loved what you were saying about all that about you know the divine right and that's what led me to think about that that you know it's your divine right to have plenty and abundance and all those things and I think that it comes from being mindful of what it is you're thinking about being intentional yes having an awareness and it does for me totally it's like you know spending my thoughts my time on thoughts like oh what's this or you know in a place of distress or um you know I just really work at limiting that Mm. and not Mm. allowing myself to you know fret or worry you know well and look at you and look what you manifest you manifested a raise you manifested a car and you've had I don't know how the hell you did it but you manifested a kitchen I did I did and I mean, and that was a huge gift in your life. It, I mean, absolutely. And it, was, and it was hard to accept. You know, I wanted to be like, oh, no, you don't have to do that. And I said, okay. Because I wanted to get from where I was to someplace different. So this week, how has it been for you in terms of like, you know, your thought process? Was it a good week for you? Do you feel like you were... I think Self-actualized where, where it shows the mo- most for me right now is um, I'm on two dating sites and um, I'm actually sort of messaging back and forth with a couple of men and um, I think mostly there because I tend to, I'm, I have a better awareness with this writing this, I accept prosperity as my divine right because I noticed like my first thoughts are 
you know, well, okay, th- so they initiated contact, but they're not going to keep writing, or, you know, this isn't going to work, or this is, and I, and I go, be quiet, you don't know, you don't know where the guy's going to come from, in fact, one of the men said, I told him, I said, I've never really thought, like, going through, swiping is going to, you know, manifest my mate, and um, he said, I disagree, because it's just as random as running into someone in the grocery store, or, you know, on the street, okay, it is, thank you for that, I, I concur, and so I'll be open, and I will, you know, I'll go through the process and see, and what else can I do, you know, that is where I'm at with that, yeah. The rest of it, you know, my work situation, my work is good. I'm, you know, a little frantic. I have a lot to do, but I just try not to say, oh, there's so many and, you know, oh, I have, you know, 130 candidate races to schedule. <laughs> God. And they're not responding, but that's okay. I just keep going through it and doing the best that yeah, I can. Yeah. You know? That's all we can do. Yeah. I mean, it's been a good week. You know, I'm in rehearsal and it's been tiring this week. And, and even though my roles aren't very big, it's just that, you know, I have to like, you know, be prepared and I have to like leave my house and I have to like pack food. And because, you know, we're there for four hours or three hours and, you know, I'm going and picking up someone that's riding with me because he doesn't have a car and he's been very pleasant and it's actually been really nice because one of the places we rehearse is kind of far out. And so driving back late at night, it's good to have someone to talk to and he's a young guy and in case something happened, you know, he'd be good to, you know, change a tire. Change a tire, like. yes. Exactly. That's what I thought too. Yes. And so it's uh, it's really been very pleasant. And, you know, when I first kind of went into the situation, you know, I, I thought, yeah, I can give this person a ride. And then I thought, oh, I've given people rides before and I've gotten a resentment because they didn't offer to pay for gas or they didn't, you know, do a lot of things. And so I was like, I'm just going to like go into it with an open heart and just see how I feel. And the guy is hilarious and we're having a blast. And one of the things that happened when we were coming back from rehearsal was he wanted to process a little bit about something. And, you know, and I was like, listen, I'm really working against not gossiping. And we talked a little bit about, you know, what gossip was. And, you know, like I think my therapist once said, if it's positive, if it's true, and will it help, then you can kind of talk about it. And so he was like, you know, okay, no problem. And so it was sort of like I set a boundary, and that's like a piece of self-care because it's like, I don't want to get into a character assassination. And look, I can talk like ad nauseum about all the people in our <laughs> cast. I can say, that guy is not doing well. And this guy doesn't isn't learning his lines right. And blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I can use my discernment and my judgment around that. But it's not, it, it's not helpful. So it's turned out to be like a lot of fun. And this guy is like a really young, healthy guy. Like he has a problem with his roommate. And I was like saying, well, you just need to do X, Y, and Z kind of flippantly. He goes, no, I'm just going to have to talk to him. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be the grown-up thing to do. Little 26-year-old. Right. You know? And uh, and so it just reminded me because I kind of, you know, I feel like I hang out with so many people who are in recovery and 
you know, we're working towards being healthy, that there are like people who have been raised healthy and like have been given good guidance and aren't... And are not looking for an easy way out all the time and are willing to face it and just... Yeah. I may just need to talk to him. Yeah. I'm just going to have to have the conversation. Like what's going on with this situation? And I'm like, are you ready to move out? Because like for me, it's like I'm I'm all all ready. Yeah. Let's get the it's hell like, out then. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to deal with this. I don't want to have a conversation about, you know, the cat pooping in the front bathroom, you know? Yeah, no. I'm, just, I'm moving out. I'm just moving out. Yeah. It's the easiest way to do Forget it. Get you, buddy. I'm going to pack all my shit and leave. Right. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the things that also came up around this, um, you know, walking away or standing there with your hands empty if you want God to fill them. Um, I had a newcomer um, reach out to me and I talked to her a couple of times this week and um, she's in a lot of pain and so unwilling to uh, leave the qualifiers alone, you know, just and, you know, she said, I just really want to go have sex and then just fuck it, whatever. And oh, sorry, I cussed again. It's you're gonna fine. have to sell. You're gonna we'll have to bleep see. it. We'll bleep it. Um, and I said, "You can do that. Sure, you can do that. I don't think it's gonna give you what you want, but yeah. you can certainly do that. And maybe you do need to do that to figure out, you know, does that work for you or not? Yeah. You know, when you isolate it like that, I know for me, when I like isolated it like that and just acted like that, it didn't work. It was not self care. It I could couch it that way. It was self-harm. It is self-harm, but I could couch it that way. Well, I haven't had sex in a long time. I just really need to have this sex. This sex is going to make me feel better. It's going to be fun, and then I can just walk away. Well, I had to do that a few times in order to realize, no, I can't do that. It doesn't doesn't feel good. Sex is a lot more than just sex. Well, and I used to think that as an enlightened liberal feminist that I can have sex like men have sex. I can just go out and just, you know, have sex and like and be cavalier and I and never, never think about that guy again. And, and there were a few times that I was able to do that, but for the most part, like 95% of the time, I was always felt left with a residual you know, feeling disgusted about myself or like having had like a weird situation happened where it just didn't make me feel good. And that was just in the one night stands. We're not even talking about like the people that I loved or became, you know, obsessed with or, you know, the people I was legitimately in love with. So it's like, you know, it it doesn't and definitely not now, it's not gonna help me to go and, and do that. But I you know, talking about a newcomer and I remember, you know, when I first came into the program, I think it was like two thousand and seven and like my sobriety date is 2010. I mean, it's like, you know, there was a three year period where in AA they say, you know, going out and doing more research. You know, they're like, if you don't think that you're an alcoholic, go ahead and go, go try. To the go, go try to like only drink beer or go try to only drink after five o'clock. You know, go out and do some more research about it. Because until you reach your bottom, you're not going to be willing to make any of those hard choices. However, it's a time suck, you know. You're gonna have to do that work now, or you can do it later, you know. But you are gonna if you're in the rooms or if you're listening to this, 
because you need help around a toxic relationship, a pattern. You keep dating the same guy over and over again. I um, So this was a long time ago. I think I had like four years in um, the mothership program and I was really trying to extricate myself from my SLAA qualifier. And um, I was hanging out with these, this group of people in Baytown after an AA Friday night AA meeting. We would go to dinner and then come home and I had my daughter in the car with me. My girlfriend was driving me. She was older, like a mother type figure in my life. And I told her the whole story about my SLAA qualifier all the way home. She drove and it was a 20, 25 minute drive. And um, we pulled up in front of my apartment. She put her car in gear and turned and looked at me. And she said, you need to stop. And you need to stop now. You're young. You're beautiful. You still have an opportunity for a relationship. I have been doing the same thing with the same guy for 20 years. And I'm still in it. You're young. You can get out. Get out now. So I had been in my qualifier relationship for four years at that point, and I did not get out for another three years. But every Seven time, years of your life, every oh. time I go, I pass that mark again. I would go like oh, another year, and I could see how easy it would be to stay in this for twenty years. Yeah. And I finally, it was between six and seven when I, you know, I really was able to extricate myself. And um, that's and, interesting, yeah. Because in um, like relationships, there's like that they call it the seven year itch, but you know, there is, and psychologists have been able to figure this out that there is like this, you know, there's sometimes a seven year period where you know, marriages get into crisis where you reevaluate things, and so it's almost like something happens in our psyche where after we give it around seven years and it's not working, we get an opportunity to say, no, we can't do this. Seven months is enough, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, and it was, it was in this thing. And it just, like, I go back to why, you know, why didn't I make the decision? And it is all about being unwilling to stand there with my hands empty. Mm. It's scary. It is, but it's the unknown. I would much rather stand there in the unknown with my hands empty than go back to that. Well, now you can do that, Elizabeth, because you've stood I've with seen your, it. You've stood with your hands empty. Right. And you've seen the gifts that have come to you from that. Right. You've stood in that fear. Right. You've said, I don't know what's coming, but it's got to be better than this shit back here, so I'm going to go for the unknown. And I once had a sponsee ask me, why am I, why do I fantasize about the darkness? And why do I fantasize about like, you know, and I'm like, because like the what ifs, what if this or what if that? Well, the morbid reflection. Right. And I was like, because it's known, you know how to be fucked up. Right. And I'm going to say fucked up and I'm going to bleep it. But um, for you and I, it's like, we know what that looks like. I do. And in a way, and it's comfortable. It can be comfortable, as strange as that sounds. So it's sort of like, you know, if you don't bathe for like a week or whatever, you stop smelling yourself and you're like, I don't stink. You know, you stink like hell, but you know, you, you don't got used it. to it. You got used you to got it. You got comfortable. You got comfortable. And so this newcomer that's reaching out to you and for anybody else that's out there that's thinking about getting into the program and stopping it, you know, do it. I mean, it's just, 
it's so worth it. I just really wish I could just from my heart just like put that out to you and just say it's so worth it to go into the unknown to explore all the other possibilities that are out there. It does take time and it is a commitment, but it you know, I I've just seen so many women that I know that this is the truth. You can do this work now or you can do it later, but you are going to have to do it. And if standing there with your hands empty in front of God and wait for God to fill your hands is what is necessary for you to heal, do it. Yeah. It's It might be painful. It might be rough. But there is another side of it. There's the other side of this. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing. Good, bad, and different. It doesn't last. Every day is a new day. And listen, instead of like the energy that I put into thinking about qualifier A or qualifier B or C or whatever, you know, if I had taken all that energy and invested into myself, I would be in a whole different place right now. And I'm so excited about going to SLAA meetings and seeing like young girls and I'm like, yeah, little sister, this is the place to be to learn this stuff. Because if you're so fucked up at 19 that you got to come in here, then, you know, this is good stuff. Because I wish that I could have had some of that technology when I was 19. I would have made so many less bad decisions I, I, I make up. So it's definitely worth it one of the tools i gave this woman on the phone um was she was awfulizing about her situation with her her parents and like what if they die and what if i lose them and blah 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 because of their behavior and so i said okay and that's all true and valid but you know you can you can control your thoughts like what do you want there and so i want my dad to get sober okay so what's he look like sober you know what's he doing like fantasize that way take your imagination and make it work for you right i'm gonna hold my dad in light and love i'm going to see my father sober i'm going to see him sitting next to me you know i'm gonna see him having a great conversation with me i'm gonna see him you know outside sitting on the porch when i drive up to visit him i'm gonna see him you know, buying a ticket and coming to visit me. I'm going to see him, you know. His health improving, you know. Uh, having buddies, you know, going to AA meetings. I can't see you. I'm having coffee with my cronies, you know. Whatever, you know. Create a mi- a mindset like that yeah. rather than Eeyore, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's a horrible day. Well, and I had a sponsee last week finished her four-step with me and... She'd done four steps before, so this was like her second time working through the program. And when she was looking at like like all of her fears, she had like fears of like nuclear war. And so I was like that it was a legitimate fear for her. She was like thinking about like, you know, Korea and like all this stuff. And it was like it was something that was really weighing on her. And so we went through all of them. And so my task for her was to rank them like what was the most realistic. So she's pregnant, and so her um, mother had low blood pressure. She's got low blood pressure, and so it's and her mother had postpartum depression, and that was one of her fears that she was going to have a difficult birth, and she had a fear that she was going to you know have postpartum depression. Those are legitimate. Those are like some real ass fears, 
And so it's like ranking them in terms of like, what's, what's the number one most realistic fear? And then going down to, you know, fear of the apocalypse, you know. I mean, I would be excellent in an apocalypse. I have the opposite effect. I'm like, oh gosh, I wish there was a zombie apocalypse. I could, I could, I'd be I so help. good. I'd be so good, you know. So I gave um, one of my clients the same type of exercise. I had her make a list of all of her fears and then read them to me. And I said, okay, so let's go through them and, and circle the ones that are really valid. And, you know, put a line through the ones that are bullshit. And we did. And we went through them. And at the end, there was like maybe three fears that were yes. valid. And that could be flipped into, you know, very, very easily into a good uh, affirmation statement, you know, right, something right. around the, you know, like I deserve blah, 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 or I want blah, 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 or it's possible for me to, you know, one of them was, um, I'm no, I'm no good at this. I'm not a good, um, entrepreneur. And it's that it's possible that you are, you haven't really given yourself a chance to explore that. How right? long have you been an entrepreneur? Exactly. So it's possible that I'm a really good entrepreneur right? with training and with guidance I could be a really study, good entrepreneur. With lots of study and whatever, you know, with modeling, with practice, with, you know, education. I could be a very, you know, so, right? And so we just turn them all and flip them. And you could do that too. Like, I get that it is really scary, especially in the beginning, to let go of the sexual acting out. It's very scary. And it was for me too. I felt like nobody's ever going to love me again. And how am I ever going to find somebody to love me again? Not that I was getting love. I wasn't. You know, I was getting physical attention. And you were getting it. high. I was getting high. Exactly. But once I, you know, realized, like, I really need to go through this and walk through, stand there with my hands empty, stand there and cry, mm-hmm. cry every day if I have to, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit to it and I'm going to do it. And once I did that, I found in me something so much more incredible, so much more powerful, so much more poised and sophisticated, you know, not desperate, not somebody looking for, you know, we were talking last night at dinner about over um, the holidays, I was in California and I got sick on the day that I was supposed to come back and my family was just kind of like, walking around me going I don't think you're going to be able to go and I was like I'm going and I was like holding the vomit like back you know (laughs) I knew it was coming but I'm going you know well it came out and I you know luckily the airline had it was delayed and delayed and delayed and they cancelled it anyway so I just rebooked it for the next night and no cost to me and um the next day, I didn't feel very well still, but I was done with the vomiting, and I drove my rental car. I got on the rental car bus to the airport, sat in the terminal, got on the airplane, flew back, found my car in the rental lot in Houston, and drove home at 3 o'clock in the morning. I got home at 3, 3 or 4 oh, o'clock a.m. Exhausted, I'm sure. And got in bed, but here's the thing, this is what that did for me. It stretched me. I know I can do that. Yeah. I and I feel proud of myself for being it for powering through that. Right. It wasn't easy, but you know, I've run a half a marathon, I ran a marathon, I went through withdrawal. 
<laughs> You've had three children. I've had You've three like raised children. them all to be very successful. And, and I flew home healthy. by myself when I was like not feeling well. Yeah. You know, found my goddamn car and all of that yes. stuff by myself, you know? Yeah. And I can do stuff. Right. I'm empowered. And I it, that's what I wanna share with our listeners. Well, and you know, the deal is, is is about the unknown when when we're standing there with our hands empty and especially around recovery and around 12-step programs, I mean, you you don't have to do it by yourself. You can reach out to other people and share that. And like the big thing right now is like, you know, people are on Marco Polo that they like, if they have some thoughts during the day, they can share that. And usually it's like a three or four person group. And I don't know if you know this app. And so that they can kind of support each other and sort of like do like kind of a round robin check-in about something and have a conversation while they're going on and living their life and and it gives people the opportunity in their fear to connect and reach out with other people i mean i certainly think that it's important to have you know one-on-one conversation over the phone with people but you know there there's so many different solutions out there to push through that fear and I want to just say that, you know, what I have on the other side of all my acting out is so much richer and uh, so much more meaningful than, you know, all the time that I spent on, like, thinking about God. how this was going to happen and how that was going to happen. Oh, my God, it's exhausting. And I feel like I've wasted a fortune in terms of, like, my life. And, uh, and I'm okay where I'm at I, because... When I was looking at like telling, when I've told my story over and over, I kind of have realized that there's no way that me having grown up in the situation I was in, I could not have. Yeah, you needed to do that. That was your path. Right. And, you know, for good or for bad, that's my story. Yeah. And that's my life. And I like to think that the reason I went through it is maybe so I could help another person and help another woman not make those mistakes and to have a little bit. I know that I have, and I, there's one sitting here, you know, and I've helped other women. I've helped, someone called me today and said, I just want to thank you. You were right about this. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that you got that and that you, you know, it helped you. And, you know, you said you don't have to go through this alone. You cannot do this alone. Yes. You know, it's a requirement to connect with other people to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. just highly encourage you. I had, um, I shared this today, real early on in my AA sobriety, I was at an AA meeting and I, some long-term member was there and I was real new and I was like, you know, I thought about calling you last night. And she said, why didn't you call me? And I said, mm, I don't know. I just thought maybe you'd probably be busy. And she said, maybe you weren't the one who needed the call. And it never left me. I mean, this is years ago. I've been sober in AA for almost 20 years, you know. This is at least 19 years ago that that woman sent that, said mm-hmm. that to me. Mm-hmm. And I still remember it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, when I help somebody, when I sponsor somebody, when I take a call, that call with that newcomer helped me. Yes. And I think that it's so amazing to me that these newcomers who have that courage to do that. For me, it's like no big deal to go to a meeting. Right, now. yeah. And or call somebody and say, you know what, I need to process something. Will you listen? Right, right. But, you know, there was a newcomer, not this last Saturday, but the Saturday before. 
and it was her first SLAA meeting and it was recommended to her from a therapist that she go and do it and so she was in a place of willingness she was in a place of I need to change this I'm gonna go check it out she'd never been to any recovery meeting and so she was just sitting there just like watching what was going on and then at the end of the meeting she had the courage to share a little bit and of course she got tearful because you know she started talking about the guy and and uh, and it was so strange to me because you know I was leading the meeting and when I found out that there was a newcomer I was gonna do one topic and then I was like step one and so I started reading from the text of SLAA and and I was scanning the paragraphs and I was like I'm gonna read these like they were kind of disjointed but there were probably like five paragraphs and the paragraphs that I read were like exactly what she was going through and it was like for me no mistake that that's what was you know that's a psychic experience right that that's what I needed to speak in order for her to hear it and uh and so it was like her courage because I can you know I, I can vaguely remember what it was like to go to a meeting for the first time and how scary that is and to walk in and do that and so it's like it motivates me it's like well shit if she's like that courageous then I can go do this thing or have that conversation or do this other thing over here so you're right maybe it wasn't you know her that needed the call and so that's why it is this interdependent thing and I don't know why it works but I know that it does and it's a miraculous thing so um, I just think for those out there who really want to make a change in their life and want to stand to the discomfort of doing something different it's really worth it. I mean, when you first learn to drive a car, it's not easy. You know, it's a little stressful, right? Like the you know mirrors and the steering wheel and the feet and like the in the streets and you don't know where you are and, and the people coming and other cars. And people getting mad at you because you're not going fast enough. Or... And girl, now what do you do when you get in your car? Uh, it's second nature. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, I just, I really want to encourage you. And if you, you know, if you, if you just want to reach out to us, you can all, always email us at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Um, you can go to our website, www.SoberSistersTalk.com. And we're also on Facebook. We Find are on us Facebook, on Facebook, Sober Sisters Talk. And we have, and you can message us or email us. There's all kinds of ways that you can reach out. Yes. And um, we'll put you in touch with someone if, you know, if one of us doesn't have the answers you're, you're seeking. But for this particular podcast, for this particular, let go. Put it down. Walk away. You can do it. You can do it. I did it. I did it. And if I can do it and if MG can do it, you can do it. Amen. Thank you so much, Thank Elizabeth. Thank you. Till the next time. This is Sober Sisters Talk. I'm MG. I'm Elizabeth. Thank you, and stay tuned for our next podcast. We'll be back.